Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well... Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. The truth is, as a franchise, we've done a very poor job in the past of addressing serious topics head on. And we're not going to miss that opportunity here tonight. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we're coming to you with a very rare... Wednesday episode, which means last night there was a game. Hump day. That we have to recap. (laughs) That's right. 
Hump Day, not to be confused with Sex Week. Usually Hump Day is our hallowed day off. (laughs) That is true, but not today. We have a big breakdown of the Women Tell All. A lot of important plays happened tonight. Some historic stuff went down. And of course, we had the revelation that we are going to have a new Bachelorette. And that got announced at the end of this episode officially. So we're going to break all that down. But we also have to remind you, also out today is a brand new episode of Off Contract with Courtney Robertson, in which she talks to her father about what it was like for a parent during hometowns because he survived one with Ben Flanick back in season 16 of Bachelor. I love that so much. I can't wait to listen. I think her father needs to be a recurring character. Yeah, he's great. Absolutely great. Um, And she also talks to Casey Steamer, who's a player from season 16 with her. They became close friends and they reveal a mountain of tea about what went on in their season with producer manipulation, with... uh, falling in love with producers, which I was like, what the fuck? I didn't realize that had happened. And they also deliver some insight into when is the best time to take a laxative? And I have a hint for you. It is not right before you go on a group date. You will hear all those stories and more if you go to Off Contract and listen to that episode today. It is some wild (laughs) shit. So we hope you enjoy that. But Literally. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed. (laughs) speaking of wild shit we heard some talk about that tonight on the women tell all as well so let's get into it pace case and do what we came here to do and now pace case and bachelor clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game this is game of roses all right we got the women tell all Tonight, now we know the Women Tell All is essentially every season a player's last opportunity to prove to the producers they are worthy of an invitation to paradise. Some players already have this in the bag. If you made it to the top six, you're basically going to get an invite. If you didn't, you got to do some work. That work may come in the form of jumping into every fight you possibly can, whether you have any first-person experience in that fight or not. That work can come in the form of delivering Scripted lines that the producers give you to try and create drama. That work can come in... Or scripted comedy bits. Script, yes, comedy bits, whatever. The producers... Or scripted racism bits. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll get to that. I mean, Greer was definitely doing some producer dirty work here tonight, but the producers will very often offer these players open invitations to Paradise if you do this for us. So they will dangle paradise literally in front of the player's face. They will say it openly to them in back channel deals. If you go out there on stage and you do this, we will invite you to paradise. Mm -hmm. Now, that can be a lie. And in many cases is. Or they can Alexa Ray caves you and bring you to paradise and then hold you a prisoner in a hotel room for two and a half weeks and never let you come out. So... Play at your own risk in the women to all, everyone, because you don't know. You can't trust the producers ever, and this is probably the time when they lie to players the most. I love women tell all. I actually think it's like one of the... It's wild shit, as Clues might say. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's just like everybody kind of has an even playing field. I mean, some people get hot seats, but everyone's got a chair. You could theoretically, theoretically, it's a meritocracy in the women tell all and anyone could get their time. Theoretically, but you also are contending with an edit. While the, it is shot live, they still edit it before they air it. This was shot a couple of weeks ago. And um, all players has to contend with the edit. That's absolutely correct. And I think tonight we saw some players completely dismissed in the edit. 
one chief among Mm -hmm. them, a certain Christina Mandrell. We will get to that. Or was it a new form of shy style? Christina Mandrell is not a shy style player. Sorry to say it. I don't think she can ever do shy style. No words can be used against you if you don't say them. Yeah. You only speak in face play. Well, I wonder if Mandrell wants to go to paradise. Anyway, we'll get to it. We're getting ahead of ourselves as (laughs) always. Let's begin this. Episode nine, The Women Tell All. Tonight, on a very special edition of The Bachelor, uh, Mr. Palmer, Dark Lord Palmer, who, by the way, can you finally admit to me this man is a sinister fucking Dark Lord? I just knew by your tone what you were going to do. Don't come at me with that tone. This man is sinister. We're going to get to it. But when when they came out of every fucking hot seat, out of every uh, reel... You think the man who chose Charity to be the next Bachelorette could be sinister? (laughs) Oh, my God. We'll get to it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So he says, tonight on a very special edition of The Bachelor, the women tell all, lace up the shoes, favorite women reunite. We'd see some direct attacks. Mandrell is present. Kat is face playing her ass off and did all night long. Fantastic work from her. A night of drama. Anastasia is going to be accused of a pre-show boyfriend. Charity gets a hot seat. Shackle-crank. Or what was his name? Shackle-crank. Shacklecross. Shacklecross. Shacklecross is back. <laughs> Shacklecrank is the name that we think his band should be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> DJ Shalkrank. <laughs> Jess was let on. We see some tears. One very big surprise. One one's life is about to change forever. And DLP uh, is going to change it right now. We see it's the women tell all. It starts right now. Portion one. Live audience, as we always see. Our, that same studio they always shoot in. I love the feeling of it. It's fucking electric. I love the studio. I was just going to say, I fucking love seeing the studio. I get excited. As soon as I see that studio, I'm like, fanny flutters. You know what I mean? I don't, but this is this is where you get to see the fourth audience. Fucking watch Love Island, Clue. I mean, I know what it means. God. I'm saying I don't have personal experience with it. Um, oh. But this is where you get to see the fourth audience. PTC. <laughs> this is where you get to see the fourth audience directly in the document and to some degree interacting with the show itself, having some part in the presentation. Granted, it's an edited part. It's all mm-hmm. fake. They record the, as you know, Pace Case, you were there. They record audience reactions mm-hmm. and cut them in as they see fit. So none of this is actually real. But nonetheless, you get the feeling that it might be, which is great. And there's like little real bits that shine through no matter what they do. And one of those little bits that shines through, we see people holding up signs. Zach the Snack. A producer line even bad bitches cry sometimes or whatever. I was like, wow, they really put a line of producer set on the show on a sign. Okay. And those are the only two signs we get for the whole show. I was very surprised by that. Well, on a piece of paper. (laughs) Oh God, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Okay, we're about to get to it. Because in the audience, there is one lady And she is wearing what looks to be a three-quarter length black shirt. And on top of it is a white t-shirt. And on top of the white t-shirt is the word sex week. And they pan to this woman as DLP says, we have charity. We even have Christina Mandrell. It's almost fantasy suites, or as Zach calls it, sex week. So... We have this woman, and she is wearing this shirt on top of her other shirt, but she has restored the necklace to be on top of the shirt. She is committing to the look, and I really respected that. And the fact that the shirt is on top of another shirt makes me think someone just threw this to her in the audience. It was like, someone wear this. And she was like, I'll do it. 
And that's why she gets my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. She was great. She would have gotten mine as well. Um, early on in tonight's game, I was like, for sure, mm-hmm. she's going to have it. Somebody beat it out for me a little bit later. But I agree with you. This is a producer-made shirt. They're really trying to hit this sex week joke. They make DLP say it 250 fucking times. I get it. That's what mm-hmm. he called it. By the way, that's what it is. <laughs> Zach's words, not mine. No, actually, Mike Fleiss created a TV show that in season one had a sex week. It's been there for 23 years. At any rate. Ma'am? I applaud this woman, though, for wearing this shirt. I mean, Jesus Christ. DLP says, it's not my word. I'm sure he regrets them now. But it's no laughing matter because it's shocking. And it's and tonight, someone's life will change forever. I was like, is this going to be some fucking, like, tattoo or something? It's going to be a horrible reveal like that. That's what I wrote down. I was like, no. I was like, they did this before. And it was a cruise for the audience. I said, at this point, this could be a Jelly of the Month Club subscription. We don't know. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. I like that they're restoring it to its proper I agree. Height. I agree. You, you know? can only lie to an audience for so long before we get fucking tired of it. We're obsessed with you. Don't mess with us. Yeah, just give us what we want. God damn give it. Give us what we want. DLP says, you know, Bachelor Nation, you're dedicated. I've seen football fans and but Bachelor Nation viewing parties. So we stopped by some. And we get this. Real that we haven't seen in years where they go to Bachelor Nation viewing parties, the most famous of which I would argue is Goldini's season in which he performed a not-so-voluntary nudity play when the watching parties made him take off his shirt. And that watching party that made him take off his shirt... He's our Bachelor. ...was a very specific one because this sequence of watch parties begins with DLP... And Zach Shalcrank, Shalcross, what is his goddamn name? Shacklecross. Yeah, it's it's Shalcrank. It's Shalcrank. Zach Shalcrank and DLP are in the back of a party bus just having some bro time by themselves all alone in a party bus. Why do they make these men go around in a fucking party bus? (laughs) I don't know. Easier to shoot in, maybe. I don't know. The party bus just really emphasized what an odd couple these two are. I agree. Very bizarre. But I went back uh, immediately and I watched the same thing from the Women Tell All of Season 17, Goldini. And let me tell you, Goldini and Dark Lord Harrison are traveling in a party bus by themselves. Mm. And Goldini and Chris Harrison go to a very specific location on one of the crashings. They go to the Delta Gamma house at UCLA Strangely enough, Shawcrank and DLP, the first stop is the Delta Gamma house at UCLA. They go to the exact same sorority house that Goldini went to. I was matching it frame for frame. It's the same door. It's the same building. Unreal. Absolutely fucking incredible. And I was like, they're going to make him go shirtless. They didn't. That was the only change here. Like there, no one who is still at that sorority, maybe the upper, upper echelon would still be there. So they recontacted the sorority or it's like the biggest viewing party on campus or something. Uh, the, <laughs> the sorority players say that he is hotter in person. You have to imagine that in this sorority, it's part of, at this point, UCLA Delta Gamma lore. I imagine there are pictures of that uh, 
whatever it would have been, 2013 or 2014 class. I imagine there's pictures of them with DLH and Goldini all around the house, at least one somewhere important. And now they get to match that. I remember there was a picture of Condoleezza Rice on our wall. What? Because <laughs> she was an alum of the sorority. She crashed your bachelor viewing party. <laughs> there were a bunch of like pe- famous people. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the same idea. But I think you're right. They absolutely would, would have a haul of that. I'm happy to have this. Are you kidding me? I love this. I love get them go- delving into the nation. I do too. And I love what comes up even more. An homage to Game of Roses, no doubt. We see a bracket of the players from the season, and DLP is examining it. He is interested, and he points out where the bracket got busted when the person had Bailey beating Charity. Yeah. This was, I loved this moment. Hit too close to home. More. I need more of this. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean hit too close to home? I thought you had Bailey beating Charity in your final picks. Am I wrong about this? Oh, I don't think I had either of them in my final picks. Nonetheless, they then enter a house with (laughs) some people who have this cake. You're not excited that they had a fucking sports bracket? Yeah, it's just like Fantasy Bachelor. Fantasy Bachelor to me is... um, I'm not that interested in it, I have to say. I'm much more interested in like the hardcore numbers, the actual data. It is... Fantasy is a representation of what we do, Clues. I Believe me, I understand. I just have never been into like fantasy sports. I used to love all other sports. At some point in my life, I've been very into watching baseball or football or whatever. Um, and I can never get into the fantasy things of it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't appeal to me. I don't know why. No, no shade to anyone who loves it. It's not that you need to get into it. It's that it's saying that it's a game. It's a sport. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, it's that. I th- Look, there are a million other things that people said tonight that also prove that. DLP thinks it's a fucking sport. He likened it to football. He's like, there's some crazy football. I almost texted you when this happened, and obviously I'm just stupid. No, no. I, I mean, I don't think it's an... Clues doesn't even care about the Game of Roses homage. I'm sorry. I thought more of an homage to Game of Roses was when DLP says, I've seen some crazy football fans but Bachelor fans put them to shame because of their Monday night viewing parties. And I was like, if that right there doesn't tell you it's a fucking sport, nothing does. He says the the fans of this sport are more into their sport than football. But we see some of these fans in another uh, crashing. They enter a house and some people have a cake with uh, their images on it with Shawcross and DLP's images. You're not even going to talk about the the women who tackle shall crank to the ground oh yeah that's in the sorority he he comes into the sorority and they fucking mob him and take him down and so this is something i loved that play it was unreal unexpected (laughs) definitely unexpected but also contrived this is a thing made up by producers these sorority members didn't just be like let's tackle the bachelor producers were like tackle him now um, so we got that same element of like the producers can control him just like they made Goldini take off his shirt. They're going to make you get tackled. It's just like the shirt take off. Yeah. It's serving the exact same function. Yes. I agree hundred percent. You are our hunger games yeah. contestant and you will never get out. <laughs> yeah. Let the fans fucking mob you symbolically. That's what we want to happen. And then they go into this other house where there's a cake <laughs> and there is an image of DLP and Shell Crank on it. And it's somebody's birthday. They have this elaborate party. 
and we cut to a tiny dog in a silver dress named Togo. And Togo. Toko. What is it? Toko. Toko? I thought it was Togo. Whatever it is, Toko was mine. <laughs> Creature of the week. This dog was cute as fuck. I also have a good friend named Toko, and that's why Toko the White Pup is mine. <laughs> Creature of the week. Shout out to Toko. They put Toko in a fucking dress for this occasion. They said, Toko, you're about to meet Bachelor Royalty. Put on your finest apparel. And Toko did just that. This was incredible. Toko, you're about to win an award through our favorite podcast. It's unbelievable. It's not enough that Toko is incredibly cute. They put a fucking silver dress on this dog. Oh, congrats. This is how you do a crashed viewing party. All these people, by the way, know that they're coming. So the surprise that they're um, feigning is fake. Mm-hmm. So they did this knowing Toko was getting on the air. I want to see a real surprise viewing party. Where would that be? That's when people shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we used to think about like what we would do if they like crashed our viewing party back when we were doing like ritualistic. Yeah, when we were mimicking <laughs> satanic rituals to begin every game. Um, now I just do them alone. But yes, I agree. I think everybody who has a viewing party is thinking that during these. Like how, what would their reaction be if they walked into us doing the crazy shit we do? But I feel like a lot of viewing parties people would free. That's true. Like I remember there was a lady who loved Ben Higgins and when she met him at when they did that big thing, she couldn't speak. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> well, we also get to see a guy at this place that says Bachelor's his show, and he's the one who got his girlfriend to watch it, drug her into the pit, and he says he has a man crush on Zach. Zach then swings a stick at a pinata, and they hit another viewing party where he does the limbo and feeds DLP some food with his bare hands. Everyone is screaming. We see a teacher watch party, has a bunch of signs and props, champagne wall, DLP's doing jello shots. They throw a bunch of rose petals, and Zach ITMs that Bachelor Nation is diehard, ride or die. It's a really good job, I thought, of pumping up the show at the very beginning here. It see, it It's propaganda, but it's propaganda I love. I absolutely love it. That I love. This was my opposite wowie of the week. Me too. I was like, whoa. Me too. Just right off the top, they put that fucking heart string in there like... Respect for the game. Yes, yes. It's respect for the game. It's respect the game. Yes, it respects the hell out of the game. It's paying homage to seasons past. It's paying homage to the fans. As a fan podcast, I love this. Me too. I mean, this is what I want to see. And you don't get enough of it because it's... They haven't done this crashing thing. Did they do it? They didn't do it during Rekia and... Uh, well, I think you couldn't do it as much during COVID. No, exactly. But they haven't done it in a long time, I think. Yeah, it feels like it's been a minute. I don't know if I'm accurate in that, but it does feel like it's been a minute. And it is like just good to see people liking the show for me, personally. Someone on screen having fun. That's basically what I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for at this point. Anyone on the right? screen that looks happy. Yeah. <laughs> Portia 2 begins back in the studio DLP introduces us to the players for tonight's big game we got Olivia 
night one player. We got Victoria J, week two player. We got Kat, I think a week three player. One of the hair dye plays. I loved that. And Kat does her signature face play here. Yep. And then we see Madison is there who got drunk on night one, we believe. Um, Anastasia, Genevieve, Mercedes, Kylie Greer, Allie, Christina Mandrell, her name, both names on screen again, Catherine, Jess, Brooklyn, and Charity. DLP throws Charity first. What's it like when you get out of the limo? This is the first question they ask every time. Yes. I'm going to call this a DLPP, a Dark Lord Palmer's <laughs> preference. Okay. This is the first person the Dark Lord anoints to open the women tell all, generally with a description of how they met first met the bachelor I'm, i love it immediate adoption this is the dlpp goes to charity uh and it's always <laughs> some variation the dlpp is always some variation of this question what is it like when you get out of the limo or when you first see the bachelor or night one it's something like along these lines yes and that's basically what they're looking for it was overwhelming i got nervous the bachelor is hot she delivers as requested because we know she is the bachelorette they have told her exactly what this question will be and exactly how to answer it she does so she describes it as surreal Kat says it's terrifying. Everyone's gorgeous and you can't help but compare yourself to everyone else. DLP then says it's no surprise that when you get a guy like Zach and a bunch of beautiful women, there's going to be some fireworks and we get the what is now called the drama reel. Um, but in prior seasons, this was always referred to as the claws will come out and cat fights. Brooklyn said it. Did she really? Brooklyn is really the hammer of the producers. This in this moment tell all it comes through. She literally says the claws are going to come out. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, mm -hmm. we get reminded of Madison's flame out on night one with the awkward kiss. We get an interesting head in a box when Brooklyn has to watch herself saying, don't be that girl. This is open gameplay speech. And we get a bunch of these, these shots of Brooklyn having to watch herself back saying mean shit to people. We see a uh, cat pulling Zach before his charity one-on-one. We see Brooklyn stirring shit up and calling cat. This is Catherine Cat. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go Catherine and Cat. Cat from now on will be the faceplay cat. <laughs> Catherine is Catherine. I'm not. We see. We see Brooklyn stirring shit up and calling Catherine tacky. We see the <laughs> Kylie Anastasia rivalry. We see Kylie's tattle about Anastasia's supposed fixation on Instagram followers. And then we get a big Christina Mandrell part of the reel back into the studio. DLP then throws to Brooklyn. You had some choice words. What was it about Christina that was rubbing you the wrong way? And this is the first big fight. This is usually what happens immediately after we get the DLPP. You get a couple of fights. They have to resolve all of the dramas or at least get people screaming about it. Yeah, Brooklyn, you don't mince words. What about Christina Mandrell do you hate? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is your real chance. Air it out. And she really begins her reign of silence through this women tell all. She's responding just via face play rather than actual words that could get her in trouble. And I respect that. Maybe, or maybe they cut it out. I don't know. But Brooklyn just lays in. Her words and actions were calculated and manipulative. She was trying to intimidate the other players. She stole Charity's moment. Olivia, again, Olivia's a night one player, comes from the fucking cheap seats off the top <laughs> rope. Whoa, shit, where'd she come from? Yeah. And she goes, uh, this just a fucking immediate hot take on Christina. She's so bold. She feels like that, and she's going to say what everyone else is thinking. Then everybody turns around and is like, sorry, who the fuck are you? Catherine literally <laughs> says, you went home night one. This is how you establish a hierarchy, essentially saying anything a night one girl has to say is invalidated by the simple fact that you're bad at the game. If you're in the back row, 
STFU. And now Olivia has something prepared for this attack. This is an obvious attack. Low-hanging fruit. She knows this will come. She knows it. If she gets into a fight... I love this for Olivia. <laughs> I did too. This is a small ballet here. Olivia is, at least in this moment, a high-level player. She's thought about this and ha is prepared. She says, yes, I did go home night one. Can't refute that. That's a fact. We all saw it. And Zach actually got to know you. You stayed in the game longer. He knows who the fuck you are. And then he sent you home. So what does that say about you, motherfucker? At least I have an excuse is what she's saying. This is fucking beautiful. I wrote big shots here. Love to see this. So far, Olivia is winning this fight. Then the comment lands so hard. We even get an outstanding face play. Coming from Kat, that's C-A-T, not K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, -E, and this cat face play with full eye and mouth aperture in shock at the shot fired from Olivia was my face play of the game. And Kat was doing them all night long. I give it to this one because it was the first cutaway, but they use Kat's face play to punctuate every fucking sentence said. It's unreal. They are cutting to her face reaction all night long. That's the power of face play. She got so much screen time from her face play only. Like she's going to paradise, in my opinion. And she did it through face play only. 100%. She did a little di dirty work later. That's just to show them I'll play ball. But this face play is what uh, they already know how they're going to cut her in, in paradise. She's like, you can use me as the fucking visual punchline to any joke you have in paradise. My face reactions are going to be all you need. This was almost my face play. I thought it was my face play at this point. Something happened later that astounded me. So I had to change it. But I love how Kat was just putting in work all night, <laughs> like yeah. the dirty work, the face play, et cetera. She was like, put me on sand and she will be on sand. Uh, we have other cats saying Christina Mandrell sucked up the energy in any room. I'm not shitting on who she is. <laughs> and then saying, were you there when Madison is trying to pipe in? I think Mandrell should immediately start making some energy suck sucking TikToks where she's sucking some shit up into a vortex. And there was something, too, that happened. <laughs> if she does that, I will lose my fucking mind. Uh, right before this, though, we got this, this uh, shot of DLP sitting smugly on his dark throne, delighting in the infighting. He's literally, they're all fucking yelling at each other. He's sitting there with his legs crossed, hands over one knee, just kind of smiling to himself. He fucking loves it. He loves the torment. This is a dark fucking lord. Are you saying I'm dark because I love women tell all? No, I'm saying he's a dark lord because he's instigating it. He's in control of it. He's playing it like an orchestra. We're watching it. We're fans. I don't think he feels he's in control. Did you see that shot? I think he's like, oh, it's gotten out of control. I've never seen a smugness like this represented so clearly <laughs> on a human being's face. The man is full darkness. He's become full demon, you see. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> you can no longer deny it after tonight. I'm sorry. I know that you like to say he's an empathetic king and shit, but after tonight... There, 
the man is. Did you see him deliver the news to charity? A heartwarming moment to heal America. Okay. We have to move on. I don't know what else I can say if you still believe this after tonight. Okay. Then uh, we see Kat says... I feel like you've said this kind of thing to me before. I know, and it never lands somehow. I'm, I think I'm watching the same show you are, but I don't know. Maybe it's a different show. Maybe they deliver you a different copy of the tape. I think they do. Yeah. My copy includes the baking show. <laughs> I haven't watched the baking yeah. show, but I've seen clips and they're so wholesome. It is. I mean, he's very wholesome in other shit. There's no doubt about it. But <laughs> Genevieve gets in here saying, you don't need to take away from charity to feel validated. We see Christina Mandrell says, being told I'm making people uncomfortable. I could have shut the fuck up. My mind wanted to do more to make sure I understand people's intentions. But thanks for letting me know. Be better in the future. And she clocks out. At this point, she is Heather Martin. It's unreal. That was it. That was basically the only play we get from Mandrell the whole time. They didn't give her a hot it's... seat, which I thought they were going to do. And if they did, they cut it. They might have and cut it. I don't know. Here's the thing. You want to make... I think that's part of why they didn't, is you want Charity to stand out as the sole obvious choice for Bachelorette. You don't want right. anyone to shine All attention and be on like, her. justice for Mandrell or yeah. start trending or something. You know, they might have shot it, though. We have learned through other podcasts and stuff that they shot a bunch of hot seats at the last woman tell all that just got cut out. Like Sally Carson had one. Um. Anyway, we don't know. Because Mandrell is an amazing choice for Bachelorette. And I think that would have shown if they gave her a hot seat and she got to talk about her kid and whatever she wanted. Right. They had to silence her. Well, whatever the case, this was it. Uh, I loved Christina Mandrell. I thought she did some amazing shit early in this season. Mm -hmm. And this is the last we're going to see of her unless she winds up on Paradise. Did she do enough to get in? She better be on Paradise. I don't know. We will see. But then DLP throws to Anastasia about the 4TWR accusations regarding social media. And we get another fantastic face play from Kat here. She's just delivering them uh, every five to ten seconds. You're just seeing Kat like with the most insane face play you've ever seen. Anastasia says she was shocked. The aperture was incredible. Aperture always 100%. Eyes and mouth. You know how some people are only burning a certain amount of calories when they're sitting? I bet she burns more calories just from opening her eyelids so wide. It's incredible. Like She's that. like the jaw Morant of face play. Is that from the 1900s? John Morant is currently, in this year, 2023, one of the greatest uh, NBA basketball players playing. And he his flourishes and stuff are insane. He he can do, like, crazy slam dunks and weird plays. And, like, he's kind of Michael Jordan-esque. Do you know that name? He's from the last century. Yes, I know who Michael Jordan is, Clues. Yeah, I mean, he's not as good as Michael Jordan, I don't think. But he has a similar quality of, like, when he does a slam dunk, you're going to watch because it's so insane. I'm just saying he's a very good athlete in another sport. She's a very good athlete in this sport That's in the face place. <laughs> oh, my God. So Anastasia is like, I was shocked in this conversation with Zach where he's bringing up all the shit people are talking about. She maintained she was asking questions about social media, being transparent with the other players. Here we see Victoria Jameson jumping in. She doesn't think it's about social media. She maintains they have mutual friends who told her that she was only going on the show as a business opportunity, and she has the receipts. And before anyone can say anything, Kat then jumps 
in with. Also, you had a boyfriend on the show. Why don't we see these receipts? We never see the receipts. Here's the thing. Why are they including this 4TWR accusation and saying there's receipts and not producing any receipts? This is this is bad at job. The housewives, they'd have those receipts printed on a big <laughs> yeah. poster board. Bring them in. Yes, I agree. We If the receipts are mentioned, we need to see the receipts. But also, like, this, this accusation that you had a boyfriend on the show is something we've never heard. I've never even seen that in um, online anywhere, I don't think. If I have, it's been, like, you know, unsubstantiated. So now we're on this whole thing where we're going to attack Anastasia for a little while for potentially something that isn't even real. They then cut to DLP, who does his best act surprised by this. Anastasia denies it. Genevieve jumps in as her roommate and defends her. DLP tries to maintain order, has to take a break, and uh, he goes to commercial. His cat rolls her eyes. It's a more gorgeous face play. They literally are leaving this segment on her face play. Portion three, back in the studio. I wrote, cat is playing her tail off. Nice. Nice. Thanks. Uh, Portion 3 starts. DLP <laughs> reminds us that Kaz made this explosive accusation, which she must then make again. Anastasia has a boyfriend. When she came into the show, Anastasia says, that means I was, what, sleeping around? Somebody's, And then she goes, uh, somebody said I was fucking someone. And then she says, no offense, but all of us have. Someone did say that. But was it like... Cat. Cat said, boyfriend, guy you were fucking, I don't know. Yeah. I have the receipts. And then Anastasia says, no offense, but all of us have basically had sex before we came into the show. Then she says she didn't have a boyfriend. Flat denial of this accusation. I like that public public sex declaration. And then Kat comes in with this thing about who was watching your dog then. Who was that guy? Anastasia says her mom was watching her dog. Kat presses her, accusing her of lying. And like, I don't know if this is cut weird. I, I just, it's so confusing. I don't even know what the allegations are and what is about this guy with a dog. And it's just so meandering and like hard to follow. She's a boyfriend. They're saying the boyfriend was taking care of the dog, but there's also someone who was at a wedding. But Victoria Jameson comes in here and says, you came to the show for the business opportunity. Yeah, keep lying. Maybe you'll hit 50K you wanted so bad. We get an, another Instagram 4TWR accusation. A DLP says, you know, it's that would speak to not being there for TRR. Do the women owe you an apology? And Anastasia says, I'm not craving that. I don't appreciate being lied about. And then Kylie gets in here. We were roommates. I'm not aggressive. I was there for the right reasons, not like you. And then Genevieve defines what microaggressions are and says that black women are dealing with this stereotype of being aggressive and microaggressions against historically marginalized groups. And, you know, you propelled that stereotype against Kylie. Uh, Anastasia raises a finger up in the air to have DLP call on her. That was an important moment, by the way. I thought Genevieve discussing the microaggressions. I thought that that was something you don't ever really see on the show generally in anything. That's what I'm saying. I liked all of this stuff. No, I did too. I, I mean, we'll get to it. There's obviously a bigger moment with Greer, but... Just addressing racism when it comes up <laughs> as opposed to not, and then having DLP apologize for the franchise. I know. We'll get to that too. But I mean, just remember Bachelorette 19, you had a ring winner a picture of him surfaced in blackface from when he was in high school and they ignored it. They literally did not address it at all at that season's after the final rose. And that was just one season ago. That was season 19. So it does appear at least that there is some, some attempt here being made to make progress. 
But then Anastasia raises her hand to speak as this is going on. Also, a lot of people who are watching this have probably never even heard of what a microaggression is. Yeah. So it's the first time that's being explained. I agree. Uh, We see (laughs) Kylie say, we talked about it. You never said you were sorry. It was more like, oh, God, people will think things of me. What will it do to my life? I hope you become a better human. And we see these three white women in the audience nodding. (laughs) The the audience reactions in this episode were a thing in themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. We see DLP bring up other cats steal before Charity's date and... Are you surprised by that reaction? And Charity says it was a lot. Cat apologized. It just wasn't appropriate timing. It circles back to the Christina Mandrell moment. Again, I'm like, there's certain, it's like certain people when they don't get something, they're allowed to cry at certain times in the sh- in the show and certain times not. It doesn't, there's no rhyme or reason to it at this point. It's only for the narratives. It's for whoever they want to promote or not, whoever they need to victimize properly and villainize properly to make whatever their ultimate narrative is going to be is working. I agree. The inconsistency in how they apply the rules to players is it's part of what makes some of these mid-season like fights hard to watch. It's like, well, A, what is this fight even about? And B, like, why is this person in the wrong now? I don't understand. They don't seem to have done much, but the producers will get somebody to be a hatchet man. Yeah. Brooklyn, once again, comes in on Cat here. Catherine, sorry. Yeah. And they kind of get back in the same fight that they already had, that we saw them have during the course of the season. And it really makes me wonder if Brooklyn is maybe like hardcore third audience player. Paid. Yeah. I don't know if necessarily paid, but like even in the course of of the season shooting, like when she came after Catherine as hard as she did, the producers might have been like, here's the deal. He's not going to pick you to go all the way. We need you to attack her and you'll be first sand, first sand round. I could see them doing something like that. I absolutely see this happening. Even when we were watching the drama reel, they kept cutting to her like she's the arbiter of all things good and moral. And like her ITMs are the final word on whoever they're talking about. Yeah. We see they're talking about, God, the group date rose, snatch, COVID, charity, classless, fits a narrative. Brooklyn says her shoe fits. If the shoe fits, lace it up three times. She says this catchphrase. No catchphrase accusations against Brooklyn. (laughs) She has a shoe company, a shoelace company. Um, What we do see here essentially is there's no resolution of this fight. (laughs) They fucking... She should. They just keep fighting and DLP tries to gain control again. And he says, well, if there's anything unresolved, there's always next summer on the beaches of paradise. He literally is turning into that demon. He doesn't give a fuck about them repairing this relationship. He, in fact, wants them to continue fighting on to paradise. He says it explicitly. How is this an empathetic king? He knows they're not really fighting. Okay. I mean... Uh, uh, okay. So he then teases this hot seat with Jess and we get a casting card. He's trying to lighten the moment. Uh-huh. He did definitely did try to lighten some moments. Um, <laughs> we get this casting card that says one of these women on stage tonight, maybe the next Bachelorette. If you want to date her, go to ABC Casting. Portion four. This is at least prestige again. He's not shitting on the people watching the show. 
I know. There's no backstory about people fucking people down in vans or at the comic book store or anything. We get uh, this hot seat that I was not particularly waiting for, Jess. No one was. <laughs> it's a heartbreak hot, heartbreak hot seat. We get a heartbreak reel. She produces tears nicely. Um, DLP sees emotions on her face. The women tell all tear play was perfect. It was a perfect game. Out of control. Everybody cried while they were going through their watchback. Literally every person on a hot seat. Absolutely fantastic. It was hard for me to pick my MVP because there was there was so much like for TRR play. Yeah. I- Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of... That beautiful mind clues. Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my 
dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. I agree. Um, Jess is proud. She just wanted a date. Um, TLP gives her a tissue. That's empathetic. She's a wet mm-hmm. face. Might want to clean that up. Sure. Um, I'd love a tissue if I was in emotional pain. That kind of thing. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I wasn't saying that to you. I'm just saying the person would love. He's thinking that because that's empathy. Yep. Uh, he should speak French some more. We see <laughs> DLP says it's a totally new side to Jess. I don't. Okay. Uh, this hot seat was very boring. I mean, it was very uh, just kind of like down the road. She needed more time, wanted to see the feelings from him that she saw in the watch back. Okay, here's where it's not down the road. All right. DLP says you lit up every room you're in, figuratively and literally, the body glitter. And Jess says the glitter gave me more confidence. Never let anyone dull your sparkle. A Tierra Cozy. Reference in Goldini's season. My line says this was literally said by Tira Lukowski. Yes. I did think, however, that um, Jess not wearing glitter tonight was a missed opportunity. And this was my error, 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 error of the game. She could have worn it. Yeah. First of all, if they don't let her wear it, you come in with glitter in your pocket. You, Zach Stone is going to be famous. You throw the glitter in the air, let it attach to you. Beautiful moment. Can't clean it up. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, I think you're, you're right. I wonder if they would let you take glitter. Probably not, but. Um, no, they wouldn't. You'd have to hide it. Yeah. Cleavage. Oh. Or somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Experimental strategy, to be sure. I guess you didn't have the same error. <laughs> no, I did not. We'll get to mine a little bit later. But we start portion five, and portion five is the Greer Blitzer hot seat. And DLP basically says, you got the FIMP, but not the final rose. Uh, and they have to do the watch back. She cries. She basically says she understands that things couldn't pick up where they left off. They had just lost too much time because of each of them getting COVID. And um, DLP then shifts gears to talk about something else. Her blackface apologist posts uh, are brought up directly. And he then, uh, DLP, openly says, we've done a poor job in the past of addressing serious topics head on, and we're not going to miss that opportunity here tonight. So he's apologizing essentially for the franchise here. I literally recorded this when it happened. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy to hear. Certainly not something that I thought the show would ever do. 
Again, this is in keeping with that, like, they're trying to take steps in the right direction here. Exactly. We've never seen this before. Never seen it before. So this is an open admission, although... The show apologizing. A poor one. They do say, we've done a poor job in the past of addressing serious topics head on, and we're not going to miss that opportunity here tonight. Yeah, important topics. They don't name it. (laughs) Serious topics. They don't say, we have employed racist casting practices since the... Uh, beginning of this show and we're trying to correct our ways. They don't say that. They say, we've uh, could have addressed some serious issues a little bit better. Uh, you know, we do a pretty good job, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we could be a little better about the serious stuff. So we're going to try and do that right now. Look, I am totally impressed with what happened this episode and I think the bar is low. Yeah. But I was still impressed. I was too. And they go right in. DLP mentions the apology she issued, gives her the opportunity to address it. She says she's nervous, but she does want to address it. She says she failed to mention in her apology that what happened was racist, says the word. It's not about the intent. It's about the impact. And the acquaintance she knew who did blackface was racist. Her defense of it was racist and her ignorance was racist. She says all these things. And she is shamed and deeply sorry for hurting the black community. She can't go back in time. And she's trying to be better now and do better in the future. Then DLP says, I know you sat down with Dr. Kira Banks, a professor and noted diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. We then cut to Dr. Kira Banks in the audience. She's there in the front row with her own Chiron that reads Dr. Kira Banks, co-founder, Institute for Healing Justice and Equity. And DLP asks her... How many followers? I did not look her up. Do you want me to see right now? Yeah. I'm on uh, Charity Lawson Watch. What is Charity at? I just went to Kira Banks. Hang on. Well, okay. Tell me both of us. I think this is her. Yeah. Dr. Kira Banks has 8,434 followers. Nice. Not too bad. Charity, by the way, she started this night with 28.4K. She is now up to 35.1K. That is your future bachelorette. I'm going to keep an eye on that and we'll tell you what it is at the end of the show as well. So we then cut to, uh, we cut to Kira Banks who has 8,000 Instagram followers. She's sitting out in the audience and DLP asked her what her (laughs) takeaways were, uh, asked Greer what her takeaways were from meeting with Dr. Banks. And and Greer Blitzer says that Dr. Banks brought to her attention to be open-minded and ask before you do without thinking, do your research. She looked up lectures on blackface to understand it more. She realized it was symbolic of dehumanizing the black community and uh, defending the girl was racist. She doesn't want to excuse her her behaviors. And then DLP also says he visited with Dr. Banks to get more understanding himself, then throws out to Banks. Banks thanks him for having her because it's important to name and give voice to these racist issues. She gives props to Genevieve uh, for the microaggression conversation, then says we can't nice our way out of racism. What actions are we going to take? And she says the history is important. We have to be willing to do something different. DOP thanks them both, and we cut to commercial. A very interesting segment. This is a lot of screen time given to talking about these things, um, just something you really never have seen before in the show. From, from time to time in a tell-all, or an after the final rose setting. I mean, we've got only the, you know, fired DLH episode. Well, they had an after the final rose that had Rachel Lindsay in it where she came out and talked to bullying in season 24. Do you remember this? Or was that a woman tall? Yeah. She came out and they basically a bunch of players. I think it was women tall. I think it was as well. So they tried to do it there a little bit, but they never said racism. It was about bullying. 
And they asked basically the fourth audience to stop being so mean. They took no show responsibility. This took show responsibility. And it also said like DLH said he talks to Dr. Banks. So it was like, look, he's the show. The show is also talking to Dr. Banks, you know, like at least symbolically, they were trying to do something here. And we had Ocho hosting the after the final rose. Yeah. So they've, you know. They've tried various different ways of approaching this. In Rachel Lindsay's season, they did something like this. I think you approach them when it's the big scandal. Your ring winner does my face. You approach it at the after the final rose. I agree. Like ignoring it is an action. Oh, for sure. It was a decision that was made. There were conversations yeah. that were had about that. And they chose to not bring Eric yeah. or not ask Eric Schwer about his blackface photo in high school. So here they're not doing the same thing. They seemingly have learned that you must address these things. And they're, it seems like they're making a an honest attempt here, a good faith attempt at like making the situation better. I hope so. Me too. Portion six begins. The next uh, woman seemed like the perfect match for Zach. Catherine gets the next hot seat. And we see once again... Uh, DLP says, I thought, even I thought you were going to wind up with him. And we get the watch back. She produces tears. She says, it's like remembering how happy she was. And that's making her emotional. And we get this uh, kind of standard hot seat where they're talking about how heart wrenching it was. Standard. All right. <laughs> this Julia Roberts esque player mm-hmm. starts with tears. She's producing those tears, looking back at the heartbreak reel. She gets emotional remembering how happy she was. She shared her deepest fears with Zach. It made her not feel good enough again. And DLP brings up her mom. And Kat says, if you want, oh, if you want authentic love, you open up. She's proud of her resilience. And it impacted her family more than I thought it would. I have a mother-daughter relationship with my mom now because of it. And this reveal of Kat's, PTC family healing through the process was my play, 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 play of the game. This, you know, Kat kind of got a bit of a villain edit for her steal. I mean, people are getting villain edits for nothing these days. And this taking back of the narrative a little bit, playing a hidden PTC ball that also praises the process. It reminded me of Corinne Olympios's mm-hmm. uh, uh, Women Tell All PTC play when she revealed that the nanny was due to her mom's cancer and helping out with the family. Um, just, you know, reminding people that she's a human being and also praising the process. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, good play, definitely. I had my play and my error will surprise you, perhaps, but also entertain you, hopefully. Portion seven begins. Okay. Uh, Charity gets the next hot seat. And this hot seat is scripted 100%. It is uh, all in promotion of her as the bachelorette, and she plays it perfectly, Mm -hmm. proving, I think, that she's actually going to be a fantastic bachelorette. From what I saw her do tonight on this hot seat and in the scene after where she's acting with DLP, like, she's good at this. She's real fucking good. She's incredible. You know, they haven't shown us that much of her, but what they have shown us of her has been amazing. Does she have a pageant background? Let me see. Auburn University alumna times two. 
I don't know. Not readily available in her thing. She might though. She when she she produces tears right at during her own breakup in the heartbreak reel. Um, but she also has an offhand comment. Oh, I can't cry. I've got a white dress. Like, you know, you might be announced at this, right? She knows she's in contention at this point. At the very least. They've probably given the contract to multiple people. Yeah, maybe. But she has had a contract put in front of her. Yeah. And has probably signed it at this point. Uh, Like, she definitely knows that there's a strong likelihood. At the very least. If not outright, no. We don't know what, what levels she actually knows. But she basically goes into this thing about how she really was falling in love with him and she can't remember the last time she love level three somebody DLP asked her what was it about Zach that made her trust him and she kind of flounders for a minute here because she's like fuck why do I have to keep thinking about this douchebag like bigger better things are coming my way which she's yeah. fucking alludes to at some point in this but she goes uh, uh, he's a stand up guy so genuine uh, made me feel safe and comforted produces tears he validated her and that's what she needed after coming out of her last relationship. He saw her for her. That's why she loved level three to him. Blindsided. And she was blindsided. Victorization edit. And that DOP says you played a perfect first round of playoffs. Uh, he doesn't say that specifically, but he basically says your hometown went <laughs> as well as it could have gone. I'm like, whoa, I spaced out that Yeah. <laughs> she says, what was your family's response? And she says, they asked her if she was heartbroken. She says, yes, she was. But they also trusted the fact that she was really leaning into the experience. And they know she learned a lesson, which is that she can love again. And they know good things are in store. She says, good things are in store. I'm sorry. That's a person who knows they're the bachelorette. I do feel like she was spoiling it a little bit with that remark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, can I tell you a sad moment I had oh. right at this portion break? Yeah. DLP says, I give you a lot of credit. You navigated a lot through all the COVID. And she's like, and I was face down in Zach's cheeks. And he thanks her for always being an open book. And there's truly shocking moments that didn't make the show. And I had this thought that maybe the book would be in the blooper reel. Mm. Surely. Book watch would end here. I My belief that they would ever show the book in the show is now at its lowest that it's ever been. I'm in negative belief somehow. Maybe it'll come back around to positive. But uh, so then we get this in, the, in portion eight. This is kind of a blooper reel, but not exactly. It's not the blooper reel. It's like three different things. They've done this before where they have like short little blooper like scenes, um, which I like because if there is a whole scene, I mean, these scenes are amazing. These scenes should have been in the show bad at job what the hell you need to have these scenes in the show because these scenes obviously bad at job but uh, yes they show you some personality of the players what we have now is not i i don't know almost any of these players anything really about them like in terms of what they're like personality wise because they remove it all in the, out in the edit. You see this shit, you immediately are like, oh my God, they're all fucking hilarious. Could I see Mercedes giving a twerk lesson? It's unreal. No idea. So this first clip that we get is uh, this twerking competition and twerking lesson. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Everybody in it is hilarious and fucking amazing television. It's so good. It, it shows all of the different women's personalities so much. And I can see them shooting it and being like, this is going to be amazing, the blooper reel. Guess what? Put it in the main game. Yes. Put it in the main game. I couldn't agree more. We saw a practical orgy on Perfect Match. Bachelor needs to step up. I 100% agree. 
I'm talking about a pool scene, and y'all should watch it. Yeah, the perfect match pool scene is unparalleled. There's nothing like it in The Bachelor. Check it out no. if you haven't seen it yet. Just watch that. It's in episode eight. No, ten. Start at one. Uh, anyway, DLP. DLP. <laughs> Then says the word on the street is Zach is a good kisser, and that added pressure for one woman in particular. And we get this interesting scene between Allie and Anastasia practicing kissing on an orange that has little eyes on it. So is she a kiss virgin that we and we never saw that? What's going on here? That is what I'm assuming from this. Again, why would this be cut from the show? Also, this do you see cruel intentions? This very much had that vibe where she's like teaching the girl how to kiss. You saw Cruel Intentions? That's from the last century. I've seen a couple of things from the 1900s. Oh, you can't shit on it and enjoy it simultaneously. <laughs> 1900s has some good shit. That's some good shit. Pretty Woman, the very, the very thing you were just referencing. Julia Roberts, she's from the 1900s. I like. I don't think I like that movie to be honest, but all right, well. Pretty Woman? The highest grossing rom- romantic comedy of all time, bar none. Is it? Yes, it is. That's sad. We need to beat that. DLP <laughs> then <laughs> says <laughs> that he gets asked why the women don't slap each other in the face with tortillas. We see a tortilla slapping competition in the house. Again. Hilarious. Unreal. You see their personalities. They, they put water in their mouth and they slap each other with the tortillas. Uh, why would you not put this to the show? And then I was like, oh, it's because Christina Mandel's hanging out with all the girls and they're all friends. Yeah, exactly. It ruins any of their drama storylines that are 100% fake. So DLP then says, when they're not on the dates, they get to know each other really well sometimes, sometimes too well. And we get... Mansion free play antics. Some more of the conversation about farting that we saw in one of the tags, but we get a little more specific. They discuss taking shits in front of the people that they're dating. And Greer Blitzer acknowledges by raising her hand that indeed she does this. This was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It was also my... Error, 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 error of the game. What? Now I know, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> what is he talking about? Edgelord. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm an edgelord. You know this. So I have to uphold my title, my lordship. But, uh... Okay. <laughs> it was for me the play of the game because it is what I will remember most about this. That Greer Blitzer admitted she takes shits in front of people. Whether you're dating someone or not, I believe taking a shit in front of someone is a uh, a bold act, I'll say. She said, if they're showering. What? So somebody's just taking a shower and then all of a sudden somebody's shitting in the room next to them? That's even more terrifying. You don't tell them about it. It's like a surprise shit next to them while they're showering. They should have had Greer Blitzer taking a shit next to Zach Shawcrank while he was scrubbing down his abs. I think we need to take the shame out of shitting clues. I'm not saying have any shame about it. I'm saying just, you know, have a little courtesy to not shit one foot from a person. That's all. (laughs) While they're bathing. Uh, At any rate, 
It was my play of the game because it's... I mean, most people are in an enclosed shower. They're not in a bathtub. So I understand maybe you don't want to have someone shitting next to you oh. if you're in a bathtub. Yeah, I don't take showers. You're right. I definitely don't want to have somebody shitting while I'm in the tub. You don't even know what it's like. Um, But nonetheless, this play was my play of the game because it's the most memorable play. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And two, it's my error of the game because uh, you shouldn't admit this on national television, in my opinion. I think it's 2023. Women take shits. (laughs) Sound off in the comments. If you like to take shits, I'm not saying anything about women taking shits. I'm just saying with somebody in the room with you, whether you're in a, like, I wouldn't do this to a guy friend. No, I'm sure this is something that people, I'm sure this is something that people argue about. Yeah. What do you think the percentage is? Of people who like having other people shit while they're taking a shower? Not like, it's not like a kink. It's just something people do from time to time. Look, I'm not saying I do this. I just, I don't see what's wrong with this. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Nothing's wrong with it, per se. It's a matter of personal preference, obviously. I'm just saying I think the overwhelming preference in the human population is to not have someone shitting one foot from you while you're in the shower. (laughs) I mean, it's my opinion. Okay. I think she said, I'm not even sure that that's what she said. She said, I use the bathroom while we're in the shower. That sounds like that could be pee. No, but then she holds up her fingers, number two, and then they're all talking about taking shits while somebody's taking a shower. That's this whole scene. I see the fingers. Yeah. (laughs) It's Anyway. Let's move on. I think we've uh, I think we've covered this. Scene. I don't know if we've covered this enough. They then talk about yeah. lying about the bathroom line being it's long, a- which is a very relatable moment. I understand yeah. that. It's, I love this. It's going to be like a fucking two hour podcast because we spent an hour on talking about them taking shits. Anyway, DLP says I have to ask Zach about sex week. Portion seven begins, Zach in the hot seat. He says it's still terrifying. I think this, I think this is portion nine. <laughs> oh my God. Are you serious? I, I, that's what I have. I don't know. I'm just like, Jesus, portion seven. Oh no, I think you're right. I only have nine portions written. Okay, well, I definitely... Well, whatever it is, it doesn't fucking matter. Minutia alarm on myself. This portion starts with hot seat five. <laughs> Current bachelor, Zach Shank... Cross. Shalshank. Shalshank. Shalshank Redemption. <laughs> Shalshank Redemption. Uh, DLP tells me he has a calming presence, stoic. And Zach says he's panicking. DLP says people found out that you make decisions, care about women and time. How do you make these tough decisions? Zach says, I want to be intentional. Sometimes it's not so apparent the choice, but I just know I got to do what I can go to bed at. Again, he brings up this sleeping at peace with those. I'm like, yes, Zach is into peaceful sleep. He does not like a guilty conscience. Exactly. And that right there, what he's revealing is this is how I rationalize this terrible shit you're making me do to these people. 
<laughs> this is how I rationalize leading them on, basically. Is like, well, I just go off my gut instinct and that's what I've told myself I have to do, basically, to be able to live with myself doing this horrible thing to people. Uh, so anyway, who do I have to talk to now? <laughs> and then DLP <laughs> throws it out to Catherine. What does she want to say to him? And she says, the watch back has been hard. Put herself back in that place. See it end abruptly again. She asks if there was a tangible time, something she said or did that was a shift in the relationship. And Zach says, we both know uh, they had a fast, intense connection. It never faltered. But it was getting to the final moments of the regular season. There wasn't a specific moment that made him look at her differently. He just had to make a decision. Trust that gut. And DLP says... Cat should have dove on stage for this part, I thought. At least come up to take your hot seat. We've seen other players do that. Who who just did that recently? Somebody like came to sit down and was like, can I come up there and, and sit with you? Definitely when you get one of these things, when The Bachelor comes out and it gets thrown to you to ask him a question, go up and stand on stage with him. Sit on his couch. The time where Zach is on the hot seat is limited and so if you do it it might get in, it might be more likely to make the edit for sure but uh he gives her a non-answer here and she accepts the non-answer dlp then says uh hearts broke when you said goodbye he says this to charity this is bachelorette speak in my opinion Charity asked him what was his turning point with her. Zach says, after meeting the four families, he had the biggest pit in his stomach because he didn't know what to do. That was one of the hardest things. There was no process or way to go about it. He has to make this decision. He didn't feel that good day. He didn't feel good that day, but he thinks the world of her. Another non-answer, which she accepts. Mm -hmm. Finally, thank you. This is closure. She has to, obviously, for the <laughs> Bachelorette narrative. Yeah. DLP then goes to Jess. A similar kind of... He, she says, you know, I was shocked in the watchback. Charity's weirdly like, whoa, perfect closure. Yeah. I mean, she already had the closure. She had it when she was leaving the fucking show. In her limo exit, she already was over it. She was like, well, this just means I'm one step closer to finding my person. She said that as she was leaving. I think she might have known a little ahead of time about this Bachelorette crown. Uh, anyway, <laughs> DLP then goes to Jess. Conspiracy time. Either that or she's like a fantastic player. Maybe it's reader behavior. Mm. Could be. She's definitely a reader, I like to think. But uh, DLP then goes to Jess and he issues a similar kind of like... I didn't expect that night to go that way. I liked you, and uh, I couldn't properly convey that. So sorry. He doesn't know why the emotions came out in that moment, but not while they were talking. He was just frustrated. Jess then says, she has a question. Was it the sparkles? Big laughs from the audience. Producer fed line here. And then we begin portion 10. Was it the sparkles? Uh, DLP asks what the most surprising thing has been during the watchback for Zach. And he says the amount of shower scenes and the amount of time he says the words like and hello, hello. And uh, okay, that was what surprised him the most. It's the answer he gave in another interview already. Can't believe how many shower scenes there yeah. are. He's literally like, give me the few chunks I have to memorize to do this media train and otherwise I'm out. Uh, we see Mercedes do this little play where she goes, oh, we broke up over video chat. We should do a proper goodbye group hug with uh, Kylie. And DLP says, we've been through the emotional ringer. Let's get a pick me up. It's blooper time, people. Let's go. Ultimate Viking style. And then we get this blooper reel. We get Zach sweating is the first half of the reel. Just grotesque shots of your bachelor. Oh, yeah. This is the guy that you want to watch go into sex week. Look how grotesque he is. And then we see the... Yeah, picture how much he's sweating all over these women. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It doesn't respect the game. No. It's 
Try, trying to win the battle when you're losing the war. That's what I call it. Totally. I, it, again, it's like that short-sighted, like, this will get a laugh. Let's take him down a notch. You don't ever want to take your bachelor down a notch. You want him to be on the highest fucking pedestal you can build. Same thing with bachelorette. Don't do this. Bad at job. Then we get the butler on the pretty woman date. Uh, fucks up Shaw Crank's name. And I thought he was going to be my Jorge Moreno again. I was like, this guy could do it again. He, he's fucking getting more screen time. But no. We see Charity falling down some stairs. So they're taking their bachelorette down a peg here. And then we see... I fell down those stairs. I remember. I was there. Then we see Bugs, as we always see in the blooper reel. Uh, Mercedes does a... So did Tierra Lee Cousy. Yes, that was a fascinating uh, piece of that blooper reel with that bug. God damn it. But bugs are in everything. I'm not going to say that's a Goldini reference. They always have bugs in blooper reels. Always. Wait, I'm talking about falling down the stairs. Oh, I thought you were talking about the bug that landed on her. But yes, Tierra Lukowski did as well. But we see Mercedes doing a farmer's blow uh, to get this bug out of her nose. She describes what that is. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I love to learn. (laughs) We see some hiccups. We see a tarantula (laughs) scaring the shit out of Katie. And then we see a person dressed in some kind of giant mask. I don't know if this is a demon mask. I don't know what's going on here. But this person is chasing after all the players and scaring the living shit out of them. And this demon (laughs) hunting the players was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week. All I want to know (laughs) is what the fuck is happening here? What was that? Was that a group date? Was that them just... What is that? I need a three-part docuseries immediately about what was going on here. I think it was a street performer, a clown, perhaps. Whatever it was. It was very funny, but you can't be sex week shirt lady for me. No way. All right. It's fair. Free spirit like myself. Obviously, you have to pick the demon worshiper. <laughs> yes. Well, I just knew I knew the story of the woman in the sex week shirt. Producers gave it to her and she said, fine. I have no idea what the story behind this demon is. I have no idea. There are too many mysteries. I will stay awake nights thinking about this. Yeah, and maybe that's a problem. He didn't do well enough for you to get his story. That's not his fault. That's the producers. The producers gave me five seconds, not even, probably two seconds of this person. That's his third audience game. Well, maybe. He's just running through shots. But he caught my attention, (laughs) and therefore he received my Jorge Moreno bystander of the week. Then we get this last thing where Zach can't uh, blow on a conch shell, some more conch jokes. Then we see that he doesn't know what mold wine is. He thinks it's mold wine. <laughs> More shots at the bachelor. While this is funny, again, it's like, Jesus Christ, I get it. You don't like him, producers. I get it. DLP then makes fun of him when they come out to the studio, taking him down another peg. And then he teases the Sex Week talk coming up. And they've been talking about the Sex Week shit the whole time, too. That, too, is taking your bachelor down a peg. He calls it Sex Week. <laughs> the real name's mm-hmm. Fantasy Suites. It's like, no, it is Sex Week. That That is what it is. Anyway, portion 11. Sometimes it's sloppy. <laughs> Sometimes it's what? Sloppy mom? Do you remember it? Do you remember that season where it was rumored that one person had given... <laughs> that one out of the three Fantasy Suites, one person had sex, one person had a blowjob, 
and one was a hand job, and one of them was sloppy. I do remember this. I don't remember what season it was or who the players were, but yes, I do remember that. I think I remember the season, but I'm not going to say. All right. We'll have to dig deep and find that on the, the internet and the forums later. <laughs> portion 11, the final portion begins. DLP asks, what the heck goes down in the fantasy suites and how does it all end? Then we get a promo for sex week. Uh, we see some titanic We see he's in love. Katie has never felt this way. Three incredible relationships. Zach is level level three and kisses. Ariel level level threes. His heart is being pulled in separate directions. Zach says sex week. Shit can hit the fan. He decided that he's not going to have any sex in the fantasy suites. DLP says, you're going to be tempted. Something special happened. Zach has to talk to DLP about his sexual encounter, which is fucking bizarre. The women are then all crying. DLP saying you're tempted. I lulled so hard. I was like, people might even try to crash your season. Slip a hotel key. Yeah. Card into your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, the temptation's there. But the fact that there's this scene where Zach... And her name is Gold Digger. Yeah. <laughs> Trish Schneider, we speak your name. Trish Schneider's got... We gotta get her on the pod. I, look, I'll tell you, I have a this may be my scream. We're not going to do a... Uh, by the way, for everyone listening, we're not doing a Twibbon this week. We're putting out these two episodes and we're going to take a break on Friday. But I will just tell you my scream now. It's not a break because we're doing the same amount of episodes just for the record. We're giving... <laughs> yes. I, I'm saying it's the same amount of episodes, but we're going to take Friday off. Um, but I will issue my scream right now. I've made a decision, a personal decision. I'm going to find Alex Michelle. Oh. Okay. And we're going to interview him on Game of Roses. I don't know how this is going to happen yet, but I made this decision. Oh I'm God. committing to it. That is my scream. <laughs> Enter into pieces of evidence. Alex Michelle's uh, restraining order against Bachelor Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk to the man. Uh, so Zach, then we see this little scene where Zach is going to have to talk to DLP about his sexual encounter. Once again, I am reminded of perfect match. Can you imagine any time in that show them making, uh, the players talk to DLNL dark Lord Nicholas Shea? Can I imagine them having to talk to him? Yes. What do you mean? It just seems so strange and like antiquated to me. Yeah, that they're like, now you have to talk to the uh, host about the sex you had because it's you did b a bad thing. It's very bizarre. Here's what's antiquated, a sex ban on sex week. If you're the lead, you can do whatever you want. I disagree. And I honestly don't think it's his decision. What's that? I, that's maybe my conspiracy tone is that I think the producers made him do this. They made him have sex? No, made him not have sex. Like, say he's not going to have sex. Oh, right. To match Goldini. This would be a good idea. Really be like Goldini. You know what he did? And everyone fucking loves him. They bought all his couches. And it worked because he didn't get caught up with the sex part. He got to know the people. But... Here, we find out that that may not be what happened. The women are all crying. A beautiful moment is robbed. Katie's confused and not happy. She wants to go home. Ariel's crying. Gabby's crying. True love is worth fighting for. There's a sparkler. He's trying to figure it out. Back in the studio, DLP asks Zach to tell Bachelor Nation what they can expect. And he goes, oh, something very overwhelming. Scripted. DLP teases Fantasy Suites. When he says, it's so, it'll promise you it's overwhelming, they cut to two figures in the crowd. An audience dynamic duo of face play, the likes of which... I've never seen before. <laughs> Both of the pair look overwhelmed just at the mere mention that they're going to be overwhelmed when they finally get to see the final cut of Sex Week unfold. And that's why they got my... Face play of the game. 
a dynamic dual face play. Shocked face. It's hard. That's fantastic. Look, I tried. Yeah. I tried to get my face plays in the document. It's hard to do. Yes, I agree. Because it can't be too crazy. If it's too crazy, they're not going to use you. It's got to be right on the cusp. No, but this was pretty crazy. Yeah. You'll see. Well, congratulations. Um, then we see DLP teases that sex week, the dramatic conclusion. Then he says, oh, remember, I told you something was going to happen that never happened before. That's coming right up. He thanks everyone there. And uh, uh, he also thanks everybody in Bachelor Nation. Then all the players and all the people in the studio file out. And he also says, my buddy here goes into three fantasy suites. I feel like that was improv. Yeah, he's definitely a little off the cuff. He's a little more bro-y than DLH ever was. Um I'm curious if that will fade as he ages. We shall see. But DLP then goes into an empty soundstage and he tells us that he's about to tell one of the players she's going to be the next Bachelorette. She has no idea that's happening. This is a straight lie. She may not know for sure she's the Bachelorette. She doesn't know the for sure part. But they have put the contract in front of her. She knows she's at least in the running. He knocks on the door and there it's Charity sitting with a producer. Then they say, we're going to play this game for social media. And he asked her these rapid fire questions, this or that, vacation or staycation, vacation. Uh, I'll take staycation. Dine in or dine out. What do you take, Pace Case? <laughs> Mini move or staycation. <laughs> yeah, I prefer staycation over mini move. What do you take? Mini move. Uh, dine in or take out? Oh, that's hard. Depends. Are there French fries involved? Then dine out. Okay. Dine in. <laughs> so you're both. You're either or. I take dine out, sunrise or sunset. I just punch DLP in the face when I get that question. Can't answer. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> sunrise or sunset? Never seen the sunrise. Gotta be sunset. <laughs> I take sunset. I, that's just kidding. I have seen it. Camping or glamping? Glamping. I agree with Charity here. Neither. BIP or bachelorette? And this is the all important question. They're setting her up and she answers it. Correctly. Bachelorette. BIP. That's what I would have said. <laughs> I would have said that as well. DLP then says, I'm glad you said Bachelorette because Charity, I want you to be our next Bachelorette. He is claiming ownership of the decision here. He did not decide this. He had no part in this decision. He was not in any conversation. I think, now look, we disagree about DLP on a lot of levels. Uh -huh. But I will say this. I thought that perhaps... That was him doing that. That they said that they told him to say the decision's been made. You're going to be the next bachelorette. Something passive like that. And he was like, I want you to be the next. But I think he did it by himself to claim ownership of some part of the show. I think so too. Well, okay. Love that. But it also might've been like, they got a bunch of takes. They're like, you're going to be the next bachelorette. And then I want, I really want you to be the bachelorette, you know? Yeah. And maybe they just cut that part. You know, with the thing where they had the um, the Greer Blitzer apology and the the thing where he says, we've been bad about tackling the serious issues, they did make him say, I spent some time with Dr. Banks and I'm learning too. Yeah. He is now essentially serving the true function of host as identity of the show. And so maybe here, that's just an extension of this. I'm not sure. Good for him. I agree. I also think like, yeah, they she needed to know that it was official because they have they have not announced it like this. Yeah. So he asked her, I want you to be our next bachelorette. She feigns surprise, covering her face and saying she's gonna cry. Feigns. She produces tears. Yeah, and 
You think that's four TRR? Yeah. Charity is maybe the best tier player we've ever seen. She can definitely produce tier at will. This is a TAW player. Um, I don't. I don't know if any of her tiers are four TRR or if they're not. She's that good. I literally don't know. So at any rate, she gets the crown. She accepts the crown. And as of right now, as of this recording, she started out again tonight with 28.4K. We are now recording this. Uh, the show has concluded in all time zones in the United States. She is now sitting at 35.8K. So she has not yet put on 10,000 followers as a result of this announcement. That's the era we're living in. We will keep a close eye on that, obviously. Very curious to see what she starts her Bachelorette season with, what she ends it with. She's risen by like a third, right? Ish, I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. It's like, is it just anyone they announce it would be this low? Yes, because... I think it's probably especially low. The show has done a very good job of making its audience hate social media. It's like they they demonize any mention of Instagram, anyone who talks about it. On this very show tonight, Anastasia got lit up for it. Oh, maybe you'll get 50K. Yeah. Maybe you'll get your 50K you wanted. And it's like they've just fucking ground it into the fucking dust that you can't have Instagram. So the, the people who watch, the people who like we're still following it because that type of propaganda doesn't work on us. But I think there's a piece of the audience where it does. And they're like, yeah, fuck Instagram. I'm not going to follow these people. I think that's a true thing. I think that's there. At any rate, she reacts happily. She says she's waited forever to meet her person. She's now looking for her happily ever after. She calls her mom to tell her the good news. Her mom's speechless. Her dad has stopped breathing, he says. And she's like, no, dad, you got to breathe. They're very proud of her. They're going to be with her every step of the way. So we're already getting like a, a parental blessing of whatever's about to happen. She hangs up after she tells her parents, I love you. And she says she can't wait to show little girls that look like her that being in a position like this is possible. A fantastic end. Uh, overall, a very interesting woman tell all. A truly Cinderella performance in this woman tell all. Perfectly done. I think she's going to be a fantastic bachelorette. <laughs> I do too. I'm looking very forward to that season. Um, who was your MVP? Look, this was hard for me. Both cats played their tails off. The face play, <laughs> yeah. the dirty work, 14WR accusations, the, the PTC play. Uh, but charity was my M M M M V P. She knocked this out of the out of the park. Perfect. Perfect game. The tier play is iconic. I think she's going to do a fantastic job. Charity was also my. M, 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 V, P. Yes. She is. I mean, she's basically made to do this, I feel like. Yes. And. We've never seen a bachelorette. She looks like a Disney princess. Yeah, looks the part, acts the part, all of that. We've never seen a bachelorette, I don't believe, that has this level of tear play control. Um, good luck to any guy who's going to try to be more for TRR than her. Good luck. She's going to be able to play 
the victim in any situation, no matter what it may be, because of that tear play, let alone all of her other skills. So I'm I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in her season. She's so far TRR. She was able to drop bombs this season, perhaps some that even took out some of her main competitors for next crown. Exactly. She seems impervious, which I think in Bachelorette is going to be very interesting against whatever players are about to come into this season. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for her to be Bachelorette. I wish, like with all the players this season, we would have gotten to see more of her, like who, what her personality is. Hopefully, they'll start to infuse that back into the show a little bit because I, I think they mm-hmm. really have removed a lot of that. Shaved all the edges off of everything. Yeah. I recently watched rewatched Andy Dorfman's uh, Night One, you know, for personal reasons. <laughs> That's uh-huh. the first appearance of the greatest player. This isn't the scream. <laughs> that ever... Is this a scream? <laughs> We're not doing swimming. So my next scream is, I rewatched Nick Vile's first appearance. Um, uh-huh. Sometimes I like to do that. But uh, okay. I'll tell you what happened in that season. Something that I noticed. Cut to restraining order. He's, he's a good fucking basketball player. I mean, uh, bachelor player. Um, anyway, I'm just saying that in that season, something that I noticed was that all those players are super fucking happy and you get their personalities like immediately. It comes through. And I think that it's not only the editing of the show, but it's the culture that the producers have created where players don't feel like they can do that type of play anymore because there might be backlash and the producers might cut them to look fucking horrible. So you get players playing a much more subdued style and you get edits that cut out any of the fun shit. Like we saw tonight, those three scenes, the um, the twerking, the kissing lesson, the shit talk. Those scenes were fucking good. They were amazing. They Like you saw their personalities come through a little bit in that. So I don't know. I don't know where uh, we're headed next season with Charities or Bachelorette, but I am looking forward to it. I hope she gets some more Instagram followers. If you're not following her, please do. Um, she's got 35 posts and, you know, it's very curated now. She's a bachelorette. Like, this is exactly what you'd expect an incoming bachelorette's Instagram to look like. But love to see her numbers get up. I want to see what she can do parasocially, what she can do as an influencer. Yeah, I'm very excited to see it. Me too. But that wraps up our recap of the historic Bachelor Season 27 Women Tell All. Oh, wait, before we go. Who do you think did enough to get into paradise that was maybe on the bubble or didn't have a chance before? Did Olivia do enough in that first fight? Maybe to be last sand. Exactly. Did Victoria Jameson do enough? Again, last sand. But I could see them coming in, Yeah, you know, torpedo players at the end. I think that that is p- possible, but there was... Cat secured sand. Yes. Cat, I think, did it. Both cats. Well, I think Catherine was going no matter what. Because they want her in Brooklyn to be there to fight. Yeah. DLP basically said it on stage. Like, you guys are going to paradise, right? We got to see you keep fighting. Jess will be there. Jess will probably be there. Um, But I'm talking about, like, really, it's cat face play cat, Victoria Jameson, Olivia Madison. Do you think she didn't do anything? She wasn't even in the, the whole She's cut. She's got to be gone. Although I would say that about Mandrell's edit, too. So I don't know. They better put Mandrell on sand. I'm going to be so pissed. Maybe she told them no. Why do you think that? Because she was out of the edit and she didn't do anything in the show. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I hope to see her as well. I hope to see all these players. Um, I think Mercedes secured her spot. 
<laughs> I love, I just loved that twerking lesson. Yes. I think pretty much everybody else is like likely. I think mathematically that's wrong. Like they, there would be a couple of people out of the rest of them who don't make it, but hmm. I was just curious what you thought. But uh, again, that concludes our recap of this historic bachelor season 27 women tell all and announcement of charity Lawson as the next bachelorette. It's going to be season 20, which they're shooting now. Good luck to all players involved. Good luck to charity. And before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It's been 7,660 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 